that sugar sweet You got what I need Sipping on the potion All that good emotion Just my kind of heat Keep it on me, peep Testing by the potion Loving this devotion Sit back Relax and prepare yourself for yet another episode of the Filthy Casuals Crypto Podcast. A podcast where, no, you're not listening to an expert. Hell, you're not even listening to an adult who has his shit together. You're just chilling with a filthy casual crypto guy who's adventuring in the land of crypto, making all the mistakes so that you don't have to. That's right. Sit back, chill out, and let's get into another episode of the Filthy Casuals Crypto Podcast. Thanks for being here. Welcome to another Filthy Casuals Crypto Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob, and this is going to be the most profane yet least profound crypto podcast that you're going to be able to find. We just chill, drink coffee, cuss a lot, and talk crypto. So guys, this this episode, what I'm really thinking about uh, is like what I said at the end of the last one, is I want to go over what a white paper is, right? These fucking things are confusing. I've looked at so many of them uh, to try to... kind of sniff out like when I think getting into a project is good, when it's bad, uh, when the project seems a little too suspect, when it doesn't, you know, and I really don't know enough to be able to tell you with certainty that project A is good, you guys should check it out. You know, obviously like most crypto podcasts, let's get this out of the way. This is not financial advice. I'm not telling you where to put your money. I'm simply sharing the experiences of where I am putting my money and then the things I've learned along the way so that you can make you can make decisions with a little more confidence. They might be wrong. I've made a lot of wrong decisions with a lot of confidence. So that could totally fucking happen. But um, I'm going to try to kind of tell you what a white paper is because that is a really good resource and a tool to use when judging whether or not you want to jump in on a project. Uh, so the big thing is like what a white paper is, obviously. So first off, if you go to a project's website or maybe their Discord and then they'll have like a section that says links. You can go in there for their official links because a lot of scammers are out there. So make sure you do your research and you use official links. But you go to these discords, you jump in this official links tag, or you find their website through a reputable source, whether it's a tag from an influencer or maybe the official Twitter account of the project or what have you. And you get <clears throat> you get the link and you jump, you go to their links, you go to their page, and they have a white paper. So a white paper is basically going to be a summary of all the details of the project. Kind of like um, if you're reading a business plan for the project, right? It should have information like who made it, uh, the roadmap for the project, how the actual project's going to work, uh, really plans from A to B, uh, B to C, all the way down the road. And that's just a really good thing to look at. You get an idea of who's working on the project. You know, I get a little skittish when I see anonymous creators, uh, people who haven't been verified as real people or you don't know their background. So that's kind of one red flag. I am in one project where it wasn't uh, verified. It's going all right. Nothing too crazy. However, all the other projects I have are verified. Like, you know who they are. They've shared their names, their backgrounds, their resumes. Some of the ones I'm in are very transparent. They share their social media stuff with you so that you can 
get a hold of them and check them out, see what their faces look like. And a lot of this is going to build confidence in the community. And not just in the community, but the business partners that they have to try to promote the longevity of it. And like if I'm looking at a NFT-based crypto video game, if I can see the resumes of everybody and nobody has like some really solid video game experience, I'm going to kind of be turned off, right? Because anybody who's listening to this podcast who's into video games like I am, seeing somebody with a resume that comes from a developed studio, a video game development studio, and then they're working on this project, you can kind of judge them on their base accomplishments. You know, if they worked on video games that we can't, you know, the last game they worked on was Rayman and on the PlayStation 1, and now they're developing a crypto game, I'd be a little off-put. However, Rayman was very fun. But, you know, if they've worked on, I don't know, let's say they worked for Blizzard, um, and while they're falling out of favor with most of their fan base, you know, it's still very large. They made a lot of money. They made games that people enjoyed. But they worked for Blizzard or Bungie, or they worked on, or they worked for CD Projekt Red, or some other big gaming community that's put out AAA titles, and now they're in a crypto space, well, that's going to be a bonus. And that's really going to give you confidence. It's going to give investors confidence, partners confidence. And that's kind of the things you're looking for in this white paper, right? You're looking for who made it, and then you can kind of do some research on them. If you would like, you know, some of you won't go that deep. Totally understandable. I think if you're looking to invest 100 bucks, 150 bucks, um, and invest is a strong term. I don't know if you can really call putting money into these crypto spaces and these NFTs and in these projects. I don't know if you really could call it investing. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't think you, <laughs> I don't think the, F, what is it, the FCC or the, uh, no, that's not right, the Federal Trade Commission, I don't think they would let you call it investing before they try to kick in your door and rappel through your fucking ceiling with SWAT teams. However, before you decide to put money in these projects, I think your research could be equivalent to the money you're putting in. You know, if you're willing to put $10,000 into a, a project, I think you really need to do your damn research. I mean, you need to hunt these people down. If Bob Bob Jack Jackson is the developer and you go back there and he's got great credentials, hey, maybe I will put my $10,000 in here. Um, you know, things like that. Now, that's not the only thing on the paper, right? Another thing is the roadmap. And I think this is a really important part. If the roadmap for the project is only a year long, let's say they have a lot of conceptual stages, milestones, and they have Q1. So when I say Q1, I mean the quarter of the year, right? Q1 being the first three months, Q2, second, third, fourth. Um, that's how a lot of them are broken down. But if they say like Q1, they're going to do XYZ, and they have it mapped out all the way through, let's say, Q3 of next year, Okay, so apparently they've only got stuff planned for a year and a half, which, while in your and most people's minds in the crypto space right now, that's plenty because they're only going to be in it for maybe they're going to be in it until the launch happens. They can make as much money as they can in the first month, maybe two months, depending on the popularity of the project. Then they're going to get out. However, for individuals looking for something that's more long term, potentially a bigger return over time. They, uh, you're going to want to look for something that's got, I'd say, two to three years of roadmap or perhaps even two years. And then they maybe plans that aren't like scheduled out, but a list of plans underneath of it, what they want to do, because nothing's worse than getting on a ship with no direction, you know, no bearing. They don't know where they're going, but you're on the ship and you may or may not crash and who cares? So that's another part I would look for is not just the who made it and their resumes, but how to work uh, the roadmap, right? And the roadmap, having two to three years 
of information, I think will give a concrete foundation to the project. So if it pops off, is really damn popular, a bunch of money floods in, and they don't know what they're going to do with it, project's going to fail. Money comes in, project goes, look at all this money, it's more than we thought, the project's blowing up, we're popular, we're here, we're there, everybody's flooding us money. Okay, now that we've got the money, we know exactly where everything's going. You know, they have budgets in place, percentages of what goes where, and that's great. Uh, so doing that study, and then, now while I'm looking in that though, you know, I still don't know what good percentages are exactly. Because most of the time I've seen them, most of the time, like I've been doing this for years. Like I'm just like a, a seasoned fucking crypto guy. I'm not. But what I've seen so far in my short amount of time is they kind of break it down in X percentage goes to developers and staff. X percentage gets invested. X percentage goes to development. X percentage goes to rewards. Because that is the biggest thing. People get into these projects in the first place is because they want to be able to put in X amount, get two, three, four, five times what they put in, get it out. Most people want the quick flip. They want to put in two times, three times the amount on Monday. It launches on Friday next, and then in a week or two, I'm out with five times of my investment. I don't care what happens to the project. I'm out and I'm to the next hot thing. So that's what a lot of people are doing. Um, I've, I've done that. I haven't really done that. I'm still in projects, but I do see that when certain things launch in a project, like certain milestones, you get a big influx and you kind of want to move your assets and it's crazy. I think that's a judgment call. Whatever you want to do, there's no shame in however you play the game. However, the roadmap to me is important because it shows me that the developers have a plan. They have a budget for when the money comes in. Instead of their money coming in and wondering where it goes, their money comes in and they tell it where it goes, which I think is a big thing, big fucking plus to what they're running and how they're doing it. And I think that gives you more confidence as somebody who wants to be a part of that project, especially for the short, uh, the long term, and maybe like even like I'd say the middle, midterm. Um, I think that's a great thing. So that's another piece. So we're at the who made it and we're at the roadmap and why I think the roadmap. Oh, real quick, a little tidbit. On the roadmaps, they're going to show you milestones. And what I mean by that is like, boom, when we get to this point, we're going to release this cool feature or we're going to release more NFTs in the marketplace or we're going to release a secondary coin. And so when these big releases happen, what I've noticed in my years of crypto experience, which by years, I mean like three months, what I've noticed is when these features launch, right, there's a pump in the price. And now, obviously, that's not always going to be true. Because some features suck and they don't work the way they're supposed to. It happens. Shit happens. However, keeping that in mind, what I what I did this last week was I had stuff locked up in staking, which I kind of spoke about when we kind of went over terms. I had some money set up in NFTs that weren't really producing as much as they could. And they were actually, when I weigh how many tokens it took to make said NFT, how much... I guess you could call it, I'll just call it money to be safe. How much money that NFT was generating on the regular and then how much they were going for on the secondary market, they outweighed each other and I found it to be so that I could be more flexible and more of my assets were liquid. And if you don't know what that means, liquid or being able to li liquefy, I don't think people say that. Liquefy your assets? Boy, I don't know. All I know is liquid means you got cash in hand, right? And you can move it. Now, I heard a lot of people say that just sitting on your crypto and ho hoping the markets go up and down, not great, right? I think it's the same with your NFTs. I think if you judge and weigh how much your NFT is currently creating, how much is currently worth in the market, 
and maybe even plan out how much it's going to make you in, I don't know, let's say two weeks. If you crunch the numbers and right now it may in you have an opportunity or there are multiple opportunities coming up, I think selling the NFT so that your wallet is full, locked and loaded and ready to take advantage of more things makes sense. Anyway, there was a milestone coming up. So I did that, right? That was long-winded. I sold one of the NFTs. I withdrew some of the tokens. I'm waiting for a spike in price. And I'm going to sell my to the tokens that were staked. I'm going to sell those tokens for a large, pro large, large, I'm quoting, you can't see air quotes because this is audio. That was fucking dumb. Uh, but um, for a quote unquote large profit and sell one of those NFTs for more money up front. And then hopefully that all happens within like a three day period. And then when one to two, I want to say I have two projects coming up that I'm very interested in. And I've talked to the community and I've looked at the white papers and I really think I want to get into the NFT sells and I, I'm, I'm liquid, right? I'm making it all liquid because this milestone is hitting. And when it hits, it should pump the price. Let's just say it pumps the price by 25, 30%. Everybody gets psyched. Everybody wants to buy the NFTs, you know, and it'll create another wave of like three to five days of just absolute fucking hype train. And I think on top of that train, you can sell these and I'm not getting out completely. Maybe I will, maybe I won't, but I can get out and then be ready for the next project. So part of that roadmap is those large milestones. And I think planning around those milestones would be an intelligent move moving forward, like being able to continue the, what is it? I don't want to say passive income, but the continue your NFTs or the project making you money, but being able to liquefy most of your assets. That still sounds really fucking weird to say that. Like liquefier, I don't think that's the right way to say it, but we're going to liquefy them here or liquefy your assets and be ready to move and be much more flexible and fluid. Was that a, was that a state of matter pun? Liquefy and fluid both? I am. I'm real damn intelligent, this podcast, guys. I just made a, somehow I managed to take states of matter and pun them, make a pun, and I didn't even mean to. And I love puns. I would have done that on purpose. That was, mwah, chef's kiss. That was grade A punnage. So, just being ready, milestone hits, I'm able to take advantage of that and do things, right? So I think that's another reason the roadmap's important. Um, another thing that I saw was that <clears throat> on these white papers is they usually lay out how it'll work. And I think that it's usually under what they call their tokenomics. So the economics of their token. They just were just adorable and cute and made a word called tokenomics. So that's how the tokens are going to work. And I actually didn't even think about this till I was researching to make sure that I didn't sound like a complete fucking moron when I'm telling you this. So a token and a coin, there's differences, right? So a coin is usually the primary coin of the network you're on, i.e. if you're on the Ethereum network or the uh, Ether network, you're using Ethereum. There's a coin. If I'm playing a game, like there's one coming out, let's say there's one coming out and it's bees and your NFTs are bees and they generate honey and you, that honey is like I don't know, 800 honey make a dollar or something like that well that honey is a token that is a token generated by this protocol which you then have to find a way to convert into a coin which is you know used on the network accepted on the network and then sold on major exchanges so that's how you're going to actually get cash in the bank right you got to convert these tokens into coins into cash or 
tokens into coins into other investments with compound, like I say all the time. So how it'll work on these white papers is they'll explain the tokenomics that are like, okay, we're going to launch with our main token. Like in this example, the bees, we're going to launch with honey. So your NFTs are the bees that generate honey and they have, they gamify it some way with a hive and flowers and whatever the hell. So you get all this honey and then they're like, okay, and we're going to launch it and we're going to have the system. However, we understand that soon our coin will crash because everybody will generate all this honey and they'll sell it all because they want money. Instead of, let's say, investing the honey, making your hive better so that you actually earn more honey per minute or per hour, uh, upgrading your bees so they get more this or more that. And they go, okay, okay, we get it. We got to find a way to have people not turn their honey into cash, which will crash the coin price. What can we do? Oh, we'll make a secondary token. Um, now, now this I'm explaining is very surface level, but like in the one I'm in, the secondary token, you take a ton of the primary token, turn it into a secondary token, and that helps keep the ecosystem alive. That creates a need. I want to make more honey. Give me more honey. I want to buy more honey off the marketplace, buy pressure, because I want to turn it into the secondary, which I believe counts as sell pressure, which helps elevate the price of honey and keep it up. But so they explain how that's going to work, right? So they explain that they're going to start with honey. They're going to move into, let's say, the secondary tokens pollen, keeping with the bee theme, is pollen. And then there's going to be things you can buy to make more money. Um, maybe rare NFTs, or maybe they're going to uh, do a queen, a rare, or not a rare, a, a more expensive NFT called a queen. And then maybe you can buy different hives that do XYZ. And then they, you know, and they explain how they're going to develop the entire economic ecosystem of their project now surface level i read them and i go cool they got a coin they're gonna get another coin and that's supposed to help and cool and then you know somebody who's a lot smarter than me is going to come in and look at okay will that generate enough buy and sell pressure and blah, blah blah and i'm sure there's templates or even videos or articles that go deeper in it I think Coin Bureau is an absolutely fabulous resource for educating yourself if you really want to dig into technicalities. They have technicalities, technical info, because they have just an immense amount of content and they do a great job. Um, so that's what it means when I say that they say how it'll work. It's their tokenomics. Okay, so we're looking at who made it. We're looking at the roadmap. How far out is it? Are there milestones? How nice are the milestones, you know? Uh, their tokenomics. Okay, they've got a token. Obviously, they need one. Okay, what are their plans to keep to create buying and selling? You know, what is what are the long plans for the longevity of the coin or the token? Excuse me, what coin does it translate to? How is it backed up? You know, things like that. And then you're going to want to look at, you know, what is partnerships? Do they have partnerships with other programs. A lot of these now, like currently while I'm looking at them, are partnering with other projects that are similar and not quite the same. However, what I like to see is that they're partnering with successful projects that are doing well. Even if it's a collaboration, they are at least in contact with people that are succeeding. So hopefully they can, you know, in my mind, if they're friends with people succeeding, Hopefully they can get some keys to success in the project that I'm in that they're working on will succeed. Obviously, if their partnerships are crap or they're, you know, they're shitty, they're shysty, whatever, 
then that's also a thing for worry. Uh, a big note that I made when I was doing my research is that white papers are a marketing tool for the project. So keep that in mind. You know, while, while I think the white paper is a great resource, it's also being constructed by somebody whose goal is to sell all of their NFTs, grow their ecosystem as large as possible, and make money. These projects are made by groups of people, a person, what have you, and the goal is to make money. Even some of the projects that I've, I'm in that are very humanitarian and they're donating to charities and they're giving away a bunch to the community and they're investing, they're still got to make a living. Like they're pouring so much into this, they need to be able to live as well. So don't forget these white papers are marketing tools being created to get you either hyped about the project, to get you bought in literally and figuratively into the project and kind of get you sucked into the ecosystem. So there will be things in there that there are going to paint flowers and roses and shit rainbows and all that stuff. But you need to remember overall, while you're kind of breaking down this white paper, this is a marketing tool. These dudes, these chicks, they want you to buy, 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 buy. They want you in the ecosystem. They want to make a bank. They want to make a bag. And the only way they're going to do that is to present everything in a good fucking light. So remember, while you're breaking it down, no matter how good it sounds, no matter how much you're going to, I'm going to 10x my money, you know, whatever. Remember, this is still a marketing tool. While releasing it isn't required, Nowadays, just you almost have to or people won't be interested in the... They won't believe in any legitimacy of your project if there's not a white paper or some form of it. So this is still a marketing tool. So just keep that in mind. And there's actually different types of papers. So there's the white paper, which is the general overall architecture of the project, where it started, where it's going, everything like that. Then there are other other colors of paper because we're apparently we stick with the paper theme here. If it's a yellow paper, it's a super in-depth technical breakdown of how the chain will work, how the tokens and the coins will interact with the chain, what the technical goal of this project is, how it'll affect things and protocols and contracts and yada, 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 yada. Isn't there like a rap song that does that? Yada, 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 yada. Anyway, that is a yellow paper. Then apparently there's a beige paper because who... Who doesn't want an off yellow piece of paper? So basically there's a yellow paper, there's a white paper, there's a paper that is the color of a smoker's teeth, and that one is a simplified yellow paper. So from my understanding, this is for the people like me, who don't, who have no fucking idea what any of the technical jargon in, in a yellow paper would mean when it comes to the blockchain and the coding and the verification on the ledger of the decentralized blah blah blah. This one's easier to understand. Now, Depending on the complexity of the project, they might not, they probably won't have a yellow, let alone a beige. Now, if it's a very technical project, like a long project, like I think there was a project that just launched based around creating a decentralized uh, on the blockchain medical network. Um, I haven't done a deep dive on it, but that one's going to be super technical. So they're probably going to have a yellow and a beige. But, you know, depending on how technical the project is, how complex it is would, would really determine if they're going to have these. And again, I would judge it. If you want in a complex project, if you're just somebody who really likes that kind of hardcore inner workings of code or just you want to know your project inside and out, maybe you search for complex ones and you learn to dissect a yellow paper or a beige paper. 
After that, you get a flash page, which is just a TLDR of everything. It's super tiny. It doesn't go into as depth as even a white paper does. It's just a super, here you go, and we're out. And then, of course, there's a one-pager, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a one-page flyer that you get when you go to the, you know, you go to the revival casserole thing at the bottom of the church in the basement. So there's also, I got this off of Coin Bureau. There is a website called whitepaper.io, and they have all the white papers that anybody's published. And this is a good one because they all have multiple white papers from the same project. Because one big thing you need to remember is people can update it. And when they update their white paper, it changes things, obviously. However, you can check on the page of the white paper, the date of when it was published. Thus, make sure you read the most updated one. And hey, I'd hate for you to read a white paper from six months ago, and the white paper now is completely different, and it's not as good. Uh, but the whitepaper.io website is good because if they printed multiple white papers you can go watch you can go read the first white paper and then read two or three white papers and see what's changing are they is it changing because they're developing and evolving to keep up with new technology or new trends or are they just trying to cover stuff up or the best parts of the white paper getting slowly removed because they promised too much and now they're trying to under deliver but if they sneak the white paper change. They're not under-delivering. They're giving you exactly what the white paper said. Some people are shitty and shady, so just watch out for that. Uh, this is the first time you'll ever hear this, but length does not equal quality. Um, the longer the white paper doesn't mean the higher quality of the project. You know, they if they try to bog down the information with in a paragraph and lengthy explanations and stories and what have you, it gives me the feeling, now this may not be true, but it gives me the feeling that they're trying to hide just a suboptimal and a mediocre project and just doll it up with lipstick, right? Put lipstick on a pig. So kind of kind of watch out for that. And just, just know that the longer the white paper doesn't mean the better the project or even the more complex the project. Could just mean that somebody likes to type as much as I like to talk. Another thing you got to look out for is that they don't start the project talking about how if you invest in this project now, you'll be just like the first people who invested in Ethereum or Bitcoin in 2009. I want to say Bitcoin was nine. Was it nine? I'm looking to my side like there's somebody next to me and it's literally just a pile of, there's a, lot, there's a vacuum. Was it 2009 vacuum? He says yes. So... Apparently my vacuum's a guy. The uh, he's, but he'll if they start with that kind of stuff, that's a big red flag. That makes me feel like it's very everybody jump in on the base level. We're going to the moon. You just gotta wait 10, 15 years like Bitcoin, and we're gonna be there. Get in. Hey, thanks for all the money. I'm out. You know, it feels very uh, what is the term? Ponzi scheme. So just watch out for that. Now, a big one that I picked up that I didn't even think about is where they're based out of. Where's the project based out of? Because certain countries are very anti-crypto, NFT, blockchain. There's a lot of regulations or they just hate it and they don't like it. So it's going to make it difficult for your project to take off. So if they're based in a certain country, you could just do a quick Google search, check it out, see if they're crypto friendly, not crypto friendly, because that'll really affect how far the business can go and develop. Okay, so the big one I have it here, you know, they should start 
The white paper should start very succinctly and very to the point. It should be what's the purpose, how it differs from their competitors. And then at the very end of everything, just like those lovely term papers we all love to do in high school, in college, there'll be references and there'll be sources. And just check it out. If somebody wrote this white paper all from Wikipedia, I got a problem. Right? I got a big fucking problem. However, if you click on a couple sources, you know, I'm not telling you to dig in like you're trying to let them date one of your kids or something. However, check it out. Just do a couple clicks, a couple Googles. Couple Googles. God, I am getting old. I said do a Google. Holy mackerel. Put it out on the line. <laughs> Woo! Oh, man, that hits me right in my, my sore knees. So just make a quick search on the internet. Check it out. And just make sure they're legitimate sources of actual useful information that pertain to the space or the project. And if that's the case, then cool. Maybe maybe you got something to look into. You know, and then once you look at the white paper and you've kind of maybe spent 20, 30 minutes on it and you're kind of like, okay, I can dig it. Just jump, find their social platforms, whether it's Twitter. Uh, almost every one of them has a medium, which is like this place where they post a lot of articles or a discord is my favorite place to go. And you can just interact with the community. Now, mind you, it does online. Discord is an online deal. Most people online are what we refer to as trolls. Uh, most people just suck and are just there to cause damage Try to get you in on their project. Try to do this. Uh, big thing, don't ever answer DMs on Discord if you get into here. If you ever get DM'd by somebody claiming to be part of a project, just block it. Block it. If the project says they'll only communicate in DMs, get out. Right? You want to only be communicated on Discord, potentially in chat channels, and things like that because there's a there's just... It's a lot safer. Somebody can DM you. They can change their name to somebody from that Discord. DM you, tell you to connect your wallet or send them money for a rare NFT. You do it, then they escape out in your screwed. Just don't, right? Just don't. Just a heads up. Anyway, jump in their Discord. Ask questions. They'll do AMAs, which stand for Ask Me Anythings. They'll do those with the developers of the game, the gamified yield farm, the developers of whatever project you're in. They'll post tweets they'll they'll post projects and partnerships and live updates and they'll have official links to things that you know are are officially part of the project and things like that so if you can be a part of that if you can be a part of that it is a really good way to kind of get involved in the community before you ever invest in anything right because you want to just be in tune to what's happening. So if you read the white paper and you jump in the Discord, I think that's a good place to start before you actually dump your resources and your money into a project. I think that's a really good place to start. I think we could go more in depth on a white paper. I don't think I'm the guy for the job. However, if you are, there's tons of resources out there to educate yourself on like how technical things are and, and how crazy you can get into these white papers and how thoroughly you can vet people that are part of projects and all that jazz. So I just want to do the white paper breakdown because I know a lot of people that are probably listening to this podcast are newer uh, like me and I had to do a lot of learning on what a white paper was, what it is, and what I'm looking for. You know, if I can scan a white paper and go, yeah, I'm good. 
then I'm not even going to worry about getting on the Discord or spend any time educating myself on the project anymore. You know, if I do and I get in their Discord and I'm like, you know, I read the white paper, you're already, you know, they're going to like you because you read the white paper. Most people don't. They just see a new hot thing trending on some website that tells you a project's trending. They jump in, they spend some money, and they start typing, when, when does it launch? How much money can I make? What's the RI? Selling on the secondary market. Here we go. It's just, it's wild. So that is a good place to start. And don't forget that crypto space is super risky. It's, at this point, it's basically a fucking gamble. It really is. You know, crypto prices can jump up and jump down within minutes, let alone hours and days so don't play with money that you're not afraid to lose and i know that's not what you want to hear however just make sure going into a project if you're going to put 800 in if you lose that 800 you still need to be able to pay your bills feed your family all that jazz right so just be smart about it please i don't want any horror stories or any fucking i'm homeless now because i put i sent ten thousand dollars to a project nigerian prince and you know it didn't it didn't work out so, fucking do your homework. Don't get caught with your pants down. I want to do an update real quick on the projects that I'm in. I'm going to try to do that at the end of most of my episodes, right? Most, most of my episodes, all fucking three of them. Woo! But hey, three is more than zero. So we're getting there. So the projects I'm in, uh, one of them is the Node Bears. I think is a very long-term project. It was cheap to get in. They're actually releasing their second batch of NFTs going to be version two and if you own three of the original generation and three of what's calling the second generation then you get a bunch of perks and it's going to increase their, it's going to increase their treasury by i think three to four times once they release this next batch and they can do more giveaways and start building a community and nfts that generate a token and things like that so that that's going well they just announced that they march march 4th is the mint of the next version of the nfts so I'll be looking forward to that. So another project I'm in is the pizza game. Uh, it came out really well. The, like I said, the token is dipping because everybody is selling as much as they can. All of the people who jump in and want to invest a bunch, wait for it to peak. And while it's at its peak and slowly coming down and everything's hot, they sell the NFTs for more than they paid for. They sell all the tokens at, as much as they can and they just leave and go to the next hot thing. So that's happening right now and we're kind of dipping down. However... That's one that I made a lot on, at least in my opinion, a lot on. And I'm at the stage where if it stays where it's at, it's totally cool. And it's still a good project to be a part of, in my opinion, because you still can make, you know, their token sits at two and a half cents a token. And you uh, do the whole system where you generate, you use your NFTs to generate pizza tokens per minute. You know, if you're generating, even if you're just generating three of those a minute, guys, that's that's a hundred bucks a day. Now that won't be exact because there's a fatigue system and you don't quite make exactly that much, but you might could get in and make a hundred bucks a day. You know, now that's that the price doesn't go down even further, or it doesn't, or in the positive, it doesn't jump up, but that's still a good place to be. And once everybody leaves, their NFTs will be cheap and you can get in and possibly just sit on making 100 or 200 bucks a day. So Pizza Game has treated me really well. It's well put together. Uh, the team that's doing it has been very nice. They've helped people that have been rugged. It's a very cool project. I enjoy it. 
Um, luckily, I got enough in early and turned a very large profit. So, you know, check it out if you want to. Um, I'm not telling you to jump into it or anything, but it's treating me well. Uh, the other project I am in is one called Yield Hunt. This one is in a weird spot. I got in late. Their quote-unquote phase one ended. And when it ended, basically what happened is they're like, okay, the NFTs are going to stop generating our token. Just until we get all the protocols, projects, contracts, digital graphic updates, everything launched onto phase two, and then everybody can start generating the token again. Well, people freak the hell out, right? And then they shut down their liquidity pools um, uh, where you stake their token and it generates another token. They shut those down and were like, hey, we're going to redo all the contracts and everything. Somebody's freaking out. Like, it, it could be a rug pool. I could be totally, this could, I could get screwed out of a little bit here. Uh, I didn't invest a lot in it. It was just kind of one of those things where I had a little bit sitting in my wallet and I'd rather it be working for me than just sitting in the wallet. So I invested small into it. Then everybody got pissed off, sold everything super cheap, and I bought more into it, still not investing a lot at all. Uh, and now I'm just sitting. If it's a rug pull, that really sucks. I hate it for the people who went all in on it. Uh, for me, it's not going to be that big a deal. However, if it's not a rug pull and they launch a phase two with another set of NFTs, partnerships, cool things for the future, and you know, then I'm now positioned to be able to take full advantage of that. So that's where I'm at on that project. Uh, let me actually pull up my Discord because I joined all these Discords. I've got them separated into things I'm a part of, things I want to be a part of. Uh, there's a product that there's a project that is similar. It looks like it's going to be set up similar to the Yield Farm, the pizza game. Uh, it looks like it might have a little, like a couple more use cases for the token, which I think is a great thing. And this one's called Avalant. Uh, go read their white paper. Check it out. Uh, exactly what it sounds like. It's an ant-based Yield Farm, uh, an ant farm, which we all love it. Absolutely love it. However, they've got some cool things going on with there, and it's just so far it's been a neat thing. I'm looking at, I'm not in it, but I'm looking at it. I'm also looking at a game called Synergy Land I told you about. That's that one that I think is going to be a very good actual video game. I've got a couple NFTs there that are going to help, that has marked me a part of the community. That way that I can be part of new NFT releases, airdrops, all that jazz. You know, I like some of their systems they're putting in place, they're, they're actually going to let you get boss NFTs. So like bosses of dungeons, you can own the boss. Uh, players can bet crypto that they're going to beat the boss. They go in there. If they win, they win some of their bet. If they lose, you actually get like a hoard. You start accumulating lost crypto off them. It's just a really cool uh, idea behind a game. I, I've enjoyed it a lot uh, just talking with the community and I love their roadmap for the game. I love where it's going. I love the idea of it. And I just love the idea of that being the next generation of both video games and crypto combining. You know, like I said, it's going to take a AAA game similar to, uh, I don't know if you'd call this AAA or not, uh, but it's going to take a game like this or what everybody's calling the first crypto AAA game, which is going to be Alluvium when it comes out. It's going to take something like that to make these big ass video game companies go, oh, People really want to be able to take all the time they spend on video games. I'm one of them. I'm not shaming anybody. And they want to be able to get paid for it and not be a Twitch streamer or a YouTube creator. They just want to be able to play the game, make money, and live their life. Some people do. And if that's possible in the world we're heading towards, I'm down. I know some people get really pissed off by that because, you know, some people go out and work 50, 60, 70 hours a week, 
backbreaking work, sweating work, and they're still struggling. And then you got people who are going to sit at the house. And I mean, I drink coffee and sparkling water. I record podcasts and I trade NFTs and crypto online. Um, somebody's going to hate me for that. You know, I don't make, obviously, I don't even make as much as those people do. You know, I'm just starting and this is a brand new thing. But I understand it. You know, I, I, could, I could probably be that guy when I was working 60 hours in the restaurant, late nights, early mornings, closes and opens, opens and closes, closes and opens, and just fucking working all the damn time, not seeing the family, anything like that. Like, I, I could be that mad. Um, but I'm just excited to see that that Synergy Land, as long as everything goes the way they want, potentially it goes bigger than they want, you know, that could be the next future of gaming, you know, and if you really want to look in depth at gaming center, I think center is a cool one to look at. They're brand new. Now there is, I don't know if you, who, whoever plays video games for PC, there's a company called steam or well, the, the product is called steam. The company is valve. Steam is a platform where you can, people put their video games. You buy said video game on the platform, play it through said platform it's just a, a cool place for everybody to put their video games to sell. Well, Gala Games is kind of setting themselves up to be the steam of blockchain gaming. They have a store. They have multiple games that are being developed that are the play-to-earn model that are being developed that you need NFTs to play. And unfortunately, a lot of the bigger title games that look like they're really going to make an impact, most of their stuff is wildly fucking expensive and already sold out. So then... What's going to happen is these people are going to make a shitload of money if they go well. They're going to make a shitload of money while everybody spends money to get into the game and might even be able to make a living or make a side hustle kind of money while playing these play-to-earn games. But the people who got in early, you know, same thing. People with money were able to invest and make more money, and then some people are going to come along and do their thing. But if you're interested in video games and how it's going to work, I think you could go to Gala Games check their stuff out, check out their marketplace, check out all that. And you can kind of see, uh, they explain how some of their ecosystems are going to be built in these games. Uh, and you can kind of get better idea of how play to earn video games are developing, evolving and developing combined to create enveloping. No, because eveloping, because envelop is, never mind. Anywho, you can go there and check it out. Play to earn games are evolving and adapting, and I think they are going into a place where they are going to be more attractive to, than just to video gamers. Now, once they pick up the video game vibe and they, they really snag gamers, they're going to skyrocket in popularity, and then they'll be pulled into the limelight, and I think that's the time when it's really going to explode. So that's one reason I like investing in actual video games that aren't quite out yet. Um, investing, again, a very loose term when it's in the crypto space. However, I've enjoyed Synergy Land. If you'd like to check it out, check it out. But that is a project I'm involved with. That is an actual video game coming out. Uh, at least it's slated to come out, right? Who knows? Then the other ones that I've talked about are either just NFT projects, such as the Node Bears, or yield farms that have been gamified, such as the Pizza Game, Yield Hunt, and then that Avalanche I'm looking at. Um, I've also been looking at nodes. Um, I'm still doing a lot of research on what a node is, because the projects I thought sounded good and I read their white papers and I was really impressed with other people have said, oh, that's not really a node. That's just a, you know, excuse me, that's just a fancy farm. That's just a Ponzi scheme. That's a pyramid scheme. You're an idiot. You know, I've heard all those things. So I'm doing a little more research on what a node is before I actually put it out there and put it in an episode. But I am in a couple node projects. One I've invested more into because I like the project and it seems to be, I like the way they're doing it and I like where they're going. And another one is a brand new node project 
where I put very little into and I'm just compounding it and I'm gonna check it out and see how it goes. So that's really where I'm at um, at this point in time. There are a couple other projects that I'm still reading white papers on that I may or may not be interested in. If I do get into them, obviously you will know. Uh, if I don't, I might even share why I didn't do it, you know, uh, just so you guys kind of see what's going on. Um, I will tell you that right now is kind of that situation I told you about earlier in the podcast. I have liquefied some of my pizza game assets into Avalanche coins, which is the primary coin on the Avalanche network uh, for the release of other projects coming coming out in the next week or so, as well as uh, projects that I might want to double down on. Uh, that Node-Bear's second generation is coming out, so I'm also wanting to make sure that I have enough in reserve for when that comes out to grab my three of those because I am on the whitelist for that, so that's pretty cool. I think that's it for this episode, guys. I really appreciate you uh, just taking the time to listen to a casual guy talk about crypto and, and what I'm learning about it, potentially what I can what I can share with you that I've learned so that you can learn it. Maybe it spurs you to do some more uh, digging and diving. Uh, maybe it just helps you get in a space where you're like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Uh, and it becomes your hobby and maybe you can make a little money on the side. You know, I'm just excited that you decided to spend the time that you're running or in a car or doing some mundane task at work or at home and you spend it with me. That's fucking crazy and fantastic. So again, guys, this is going to be the end of this episode. Thanks once again for sticking around for another episode of the Filthy Casuals Crypto Podcast, the most profane yet the least profound crypto podcast there is. We sit in a recliner right at the intersection of video games, life, and crypto. Have a great day, and I will catch you guys later. We'll